0: You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News.
1: Hello again from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, May the 22nd, and it's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I am your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this morning is Eric Sprott. Eric, happy Friday.
0: Hey, Craig, uh, great to be here. It's, things are getting very exciting on many, many fronts, so lots to chat about.
1: That is for sure, my friend. And it's also very exciting at brought Money because we are back in business after what was a very challenging month of April for just about every business anywhere on the planet. Uh, we are back in business at brought Money and com. So if you're in the market for precious metals, and uh, are having any kind of hard time finding them, be sure to check out our website, SproutMoney.com. You can find gold and silver Royal Canadian Mint Maple Leafs, 100-ounce, 10-ounce silver bars. We've got them. Any other options from other mints as well, so please visit SproutMoney.com or, of course, call us at 888-861-0775. We're going to talk a lot about precious metal and the scarcity in apparent building shortages of physical metal. Eric, I know you got that on your mind this morning. The mic is yours.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, I should talk about a few of the economic things, because uh, we normally go there. Uh, but suffice to say that most of the economic data, I mean, it's not even worth analyzing anymore, because it's just a disaster, okay? Uh, the, the only thing that the uh, the pundits seem to do from time to time is to say that, Oh, the job losses were only 2.2 million when the estimate was 2.4 million. Therefore, it's great. Okay, now, you know, we don't we have no idea where this thing's going to bottom out. There was actually a study done uh, by one of these uh, instant economic institutes suggesting that COVID-19 will cost could cost somewhere between 3.3 trillion and 82 trillion. Now, that's a big road to go down. And, of course, one's the best case and one's the worst case. And we don't know where it's going to be. There's so many unknowns about how this is going to work out. I, as you know, am falling into the camp where we got to get people back to work here, that the incidence is not as nearly as high as we thought it was because at first glance, there was a very high morbidity because, unfortunately, the vulnerable were left unprotected. And in a lot of places, half the deaths are in uh, care homes and, and, and we didn't uh, get there quickly enough. Um, as I look at the markets, I still look at the, the bank stock index, which is just doing nothing here. And I, you know, we're all reading the stories about how people are at the end of their chain here, both businesses and, and individuals. So we gotta see where this all ends up. But so far uh, it, it's gonna be a lot of damage imposed on a lot of different groups. Uh, the, uh, the other thing that seems to be rearing its head in the stock market is the U S China thing. It just seems to get deeper and deeper by the day. Uh, it's not, uh, they, these are not good things economically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, economically it's a bit of a mess. I, I even happen to note that some of this jobs data, uh, there's two different types of claims. One, you can claim unemployment insurance, or you can go to the federal government and sort of plead your case that you're a business owner and get money. And, then, and rather than 2.4 people making claims last week, there's something like 4.6 people making claims through the two different mechanisms. Uh, so economically, it's a mess. I know the stock market keeps going up. I'm very skeptical of it. Uh, precious metals. Now, I just think there's a burgeoning story in silver here and a silver shortage. The amount of silver theoretically going into the ETFs is is quite frankly mind boggling. We theoretically had 12 million ounces go into the ETFs yesterday. Well, 12 million times 250 trading days let's call it, that's 3 billion ounces a year to ETFs, okay? We only mine 900 million. You can't put 3 billion into ETFs. We have the same thing happening in the COMEX where supposedly there's 50 million ounces delivered in the month of May. Well, that's 600 million ounces annualized. Where are we getting all this silver? We haven't even dealt with the people selling coins like Sprott Money and others. I had a call from a, uh, a rather large uh, dealer in uh, Bullion asking if I had any 1,000-ounce bars because they can't find any. Hmm. Is it any wonder they can't find any? Look at the Comex data. The the open interest goes up almost every day and yet every day there's deliveries and exchange for physicals. And the numbers are are incredible, both in the the quantity that supposedly is being settled in both gold and silver are very, very large and very large to be non believable. So I think we're sitting with a shortage and and you know they were letting silver kind of go up slowly and all of a sudden they slammed it yesterday and i was sort of debating my like, well why did they slam? well maybe they slam it just to cool down the the interest okay that they gotta stop these people from buying into the silver etfs because there's no way that you can find you can't find that silver okay if i one of the major dealers in the united states phoning me looking for silver well, where is the SLV getting to twelve million ounces if this, these guys can't find a million? Right, and they got everyone's numbers, okay, around the world. So I think there's a great, great story in silver shaping up here, and the same thing in in gold. Comex open interest keeps going up, the deliveries keep going up, and where the, the guys that are short, the commercials can't get out from under these shorts. So I think all hell could break loose at Almost any moment.
1: I've heard from several legitimate, credible sources that silver at the wholesale level is attracting premiums uh, never before seen—more than a dollar an ounce on thousand-ounce bars. I find it interesting that dealers are actually calling you, asking if you have some personally. Yeah,
0: yeah. and he's the intermediary to the to the to let's say Sprott Money. He's the intermediary. Sprout money in turn has to add something onto it, right? So, and as you talked about, you know, spot money having product, which we do, but my God, this product is, is being priced very differently yeah. than what the commodity markets are telling us, okay? Yeah. Very differently.
1: Well, and we're seeing a rather persistent and growing premium, even in the futures market, Eric. You remember uh, when there was a major problem with gold, Back in March and April, and we were told, well, there's plenty of gold. It's in the wrong place. But it was an acknowledgment that there was a serious physical shortage. You had this premium, this spread developed between spot and the front month futures, and it got to be as high as 2 or 3%. Well, this morning, it's now over 3% in silver. So what's that telling
0: us? Yeah, yeah. I had also uh, one of the uh, managers of a silver fund who would normally buy product in Canada and probably has, you know, four or five banks that would sell product. Three of them have no product. Okay, oh. there's just, there's such a shortage. This, and this is right online, right now. And of course, then this dealer, who I know actually phoned this this party who does the ETF buying, to see if there might be some that this per, party could get a hold of. So it's a tight, tight market out yeah. there.
1: Yeah, I wonder if uh, the folks at Sprott... I know you don't you don't own the company anymore, but I wonder if the folks at Broad are concerned of people rating uh, the PSLV.
0: You always have to be concerned about that. Yes, that somebody might pay a, a premium to buy the SLV shares, knowing very well that boy, if we can get their their hands on this stuff, and, and let's say there's as you're saying a five percent premium in the thousand ounce market, and they pay a two percent premium on the New York Stock Exchange, they'll buy it and uh, tender it. Yes, right. that can happen.
1: Right. Sure sets us up for an interesting summer. Uh, what else is on your mind after what has been such
0: an interesting week? Well, I have a lot of comments on stocks here, individual stocks. And I might say, Craig, that, uh, you know, there's so much going on and I'm involved in so many things. But I'm only intimately and and fully aware of uh, things with certain companies. There's many companies I own that I bought the shares you know, six months ago it was a small investment and I don't monitor it day to day. I don't really feel like speaking to it. And it sort of resolved that I should really speak to the companies where I think there's something significant that I could impart to the listeners this week. And so I have some companies that, uh, I think have had some interesting, um, press releases and or developments and I'm going to talk to them. So, um, uh, one of the listeners did ask about Novo and I actually didn't have it on my list, but you know, they, they, uh, released some uh, samples from their, uh, what do they call them? Swales in, uh, in the Pilbara. Yeah. And they got very good recoveries and they got very large land holdings and the stocks reacted very positively. I've uh, spoken to Quinton in the meantime, he tells me that it looks like the cost of producing these things uh, will be very low. There's been some wonderful um, articles written by a, a person called the Hedge, Hedgeless Horseman who sort of detailed what the ac- economics would be of uh, mining these swales, and it was very, very compelling. Uh, so I think uh, Noble is going to come back on the playing field here and look pretty interesting. I also wanted to talk about a company called Free Gold Ventures. I've spoken about it before. Yep. Uh, But I I think it's interesting, uh, and I want to use my MO in doing something. So I bought some shares, I don't know when it was, six months ago, at six and a half cents when somebody said to me,
1: "Uh, They got six million ounces
0: of silver, and the whole market caps uh, six million. So I was paying a dollar per ounce in the ground. I said, Fine, I'll buy, you know, 30% of the company. Boom, here's my check. And uh, then uh, just, uh, I guess, about three weeks ago, they came out with this new hole up in Alaska, property you can drive to from Fairbanks, drive to a property in Alaska. yeah, And it's right beside a big existing mine that uh, Kinross operates up at Fort Knox. And uh, they end up with this high-grade intersection. Eric comes in and buys uh, stock at $0.17, triple what he paid a few months earlier. And then I get in touch with the company, try to assess, well, what's really going on here and how big could this thing be? And I decide, okay, like a week later, maybe not even that, I pay 30 cents for an issue. That's double the price of two weeks ago and five times the price six months ago. And it's just a theory of if it looks good, press your bet. Right. So I can, have lots, I can have lots of losers. And I, I do have lots of losers. But when you get one that looks like it's winning, keep pressing the bet. And interestingly on uh, Free Gold Ventures, I had two people unsolicited yesterday who are geologists tell me why they thought this property was so great. And, of course, my own analysis is oh, you just look at the history the History of mining 100 years ago. I think there's at least four mines with over one ounce of, uh, per ton production. Uh, there were six and a half million ounces that, that were mined in the streams, placer mining. Okay. And they say they have six million already in their own forty three one oh one and they make a discovery. Okay. Oh now it's interesting. So I've I've now started to compare it in in just one way with Walbridge. And the one way I compare it with Walbridge is Walbridge. Theoretically uh, there's an article been written by eight capital suggesting you have four point one million ounces and the market caps let's call it seven hundred million. Okay, four point one million ounces, seven hundred million market cap. And here's Free Gold Ventures with six million ounces and has a market cap of a hundred million. And I think well that sort of points out why this thing could be undervalued. Right. And hopefully this hopefully this six becomes twelve. And of course, hopefully the four point one million at Woolbridge it becomes much bigger, too. And, and while I'm on the Wall Bridge, they did have uh, three press releases this week. Uh, there's so many holes there, it was hard to keep up with it. Thank God other p- I've stopped trying to plot all the holes, okay, because it's just like a, it's a rat's nest or as you like to have me refer to as a dog's breakfast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, everything looks good there. They keep expanding the zones. Get this deep hole. The deep hole, if it hits, uh, could close to cripple the prospectivity of this thing from a vertical point of view. And of course, they're still going out laterally along strike, and you know every hundred meters is actually whatever fifteen percent bigger ore body. So there's lots to come in Wallbridge. And of course, the stocks acted fabulously on the uh, press release. Yes, it has. Uh, I got. Uh, four other names I'd like to talk about. One is pure gold mining. Again, there's another example where I stepped up my, my bed. I just paid, uh, what did I pay? Uh, 105, I think, uh, for about $10 million of the stock. It's in the Red Lake area. It seems to have all the attributes that the Red Lake mine had in terms of the geology, the grade of ore, the prospectivity. It's got seven kilometers of strike. They've only really seriously drilled down to 1,000 meters or the reserve is down to 1,000 meters. It's likely to go much deeper um, and the grade, they keep finding higher grades. I suspect that the grades in mine will be higher than what's in their pre-feasibility. And of course, grade is just profit. Uh, plus, they'll probably have extra ounces. So, I, I think that the stock is quite undervalued. I love the fact that I would imagine we'll be here 10 years from now, and they'll still be finding gold up there, so I think it's a great investment. Uh, I really should mention discovery. There was a big issue, I guess completed this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a big investor in it. Again, I go back to uh, it's the billion and a half ounces of silver equivalent that I like, That's and I'm lot. imagining I always like to imagine, oh, what if the price of silver is 50 dollars, which it should be. Oh, uh, wow. well, then they'd have 75 billion worth of metal. <laughs> okay what's the market <laughs> cap here? The market cap's probably not even a hundred million right. so I like that yeah, uh, I should also mention grand columbia uh here's an interesting uh, analysis in numbers, okay, and the numbers I work with are the following: They reported thirty one cents this was reported late on friday by the way that's what I'm talking about it now. Uh, they reported thirty one cents fully diluted very important fully diluted uh, U.S., that's a dollar twenty four annualized uh, put it in Canadian. You're basically talking a dollar seventy. Uh, now the price of gold's gone up in the meantime, so maybe we could just round it up to a good shot at two dollars Canadian, two Canadian. Now, they have 140 million of cash. It's a 400 million market cap company. 140 million of cash. They got about uh, uh, 80 million of warrants money that would come in. Having used fully diluted shares. In other words, the benefit of the fully diluted is the money that comes in, right? Mm-hmm. There's another 80 million. Now I got 220 million of cash that could come in with a market cap of 400. They got investments that are about 80. Uh, so I have to, to explain, uh, the last 100 million of value market cap with the company earning, um, about 100 million a year. U.S. They're in a hundred million a year U.S. I uh, got to justify a hundred million Canadian market cap. That's easy to do. Yeah, that should trade at a huge multiple of that. Okay, so, and I've said t- to the company, I said, "You guys should be embarrassed by your market capitalization. This is just a joke that it would trade here." So it's a company I own just under or just around twenty percent of. Uh, it's in Colombia. Um, they have other irons in the fire, and it's just—I I just think that the market will finally come around to realizing that these are very valuable earnings, and that it's just the cheapest thing around. So, those are my official comments on things I'd like to talk about this week. If there's anything else you want to chat about, I'm good, good to go.
1: That—that that definitely sounds like something that the market just has missed. Like it's just an oversight. That's so unusual.
0: Well. Yeah. It's interesting when they, they go from the outhouse to the penthouse yeah. from a fundamental point of view. It's hard for the analysts to pick it up. No hardly anybody covers it. I think two analysts cover this thing. Two. Uh and, and eventually the beauty of all of this is the computers figure it out, okay? The computers can multiply thirty one cents times four to get their dollar twenty four earnings. They know that the price of gold's higher. And all of a sudden it starts showing up and, and oh my god, this is undervalued stock and you know sooner or later uh, th- then the uh, the analysts come kicking and screaming, and I went through this with Kirkland Lake gold. Nobody gave a damn about Kirkland Lake when it was $10 a share. Okay, Now everybody covers it, of course. Uh-huh. I was always shocked that nobody uh-huh. covered it, particularly when it was on the Investor's Business Daily, number one stock in North America for about a year because the computer told them that. Thank God for computers.
1: Shows up right flashing on your screen and gets your attention uh, finally. Um, Right. Hey, Eric, let's close with this. Um, And again, we want to thank everybody for writing in questions. We're we're going to try to kind of pair this a little bit because every week we get, uh, let's call it tens of questions uh, about companies that, that Eric just doesn't have a current opinion on. So we're going to try to limit this back to what Eric thinks is important every week. Uh, and, and try to really focus in on some of the main things that are catching his eye uh, week after week. But one thing I, I do want to wrap up with, though, Eric, because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and we've gotten a follow-up questions last week and again this week, is this idea of um, holding your shares at a broker-dealer, whether they're in Canada uh, or in the U.S. A lot of broker-dealers are owned by banks. Banks, obviously, in this recessionary environment, depressionary environment, are feeling a lot of stress and will continue to feel a lot of stress going forward. Uh, you've mentioned this before, and that's why people wanted to uh, double back to it. Can you add any more color about holding shares, where yeah. you might hold shares, that sort
0: of thing? I've always been a, a, a having deep concerns about the banking business. Uh, we know that in the end of the financial crisis, that the following stocks traded at a dollar. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, AIG went bankrupt. Citigroup traded a dollar. They were broke, Uh, Lehman had already gone down, Bear had to be taken over. It's a risky business when you're levered playing financial markets that are as volatile as the financial markets that that we have. So uh, there's always a huge risk that uh, you have your money in the financial system, things go wrong, they have claim on your assets, so please be careful.
1: Does that mean, I mean consider holding them in your own name, getting certificates, that type of thing, or do you yeah. just try to find broker dealers that don't have relationships with banks? But that maybe doesn't necessarily lessen their risk either.
0: Yeah, you gotta. Well, maybe there's broker dealers that don't use leverage. i.e. use the capital yeah. and you know have it levered out ten times. I don't know who they are. Okay, I honestly don't. Uh, but there's no harm done. One, having your gold out of the system. Two, having your stock certificates out of the system.
1: Yeah. No, I hear you. I was caught uh, up in MF Global back in the day, and you just never never, never you never really know. You know, it's really hard for the yeah. average regular investor to know these kind of things. Unfortunately. Well, well all right, my friend. Uh, as we head into the weekend, any other uh, things you'll be watching for next week? Because things are certainly getting interesting. We've got the contracts going off the board, some option expiration, month end, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I know. We're going to have first notice day on Friday. Uh, they can't get these uh, contracts down. It's going to be very, I'm telling you, the day is coming real soon here. So it should be quite exciting. I look forward to next Friday.
1: And it is a three-day weekend, uh, market holiday weekend here in the States for Memorial Day. So everybody keep that in mind as well. The U.S. markets will be closed on Monday. So with that, Eric, I wish you a happy three-day weekend. Hope you're able to enjoy it. And I look forward to talking to you next Friday.
0: It'll be fun. I only wish the U.S. was open, okay? But we'll try to take care of things here in Canada. So you have a great long weekend.
1: Thank you. You too. And one last thing before we go, again, regarding uh, the individual shares. Uh, One of the monthly uh, projects we have here at Sprott Money is the Ask the Expert segment. This month was with Mickey Fulp. Many know Mickey. He is a great geologist and mining analyst. So if you want to know more about some of the individual shares, I tried to ask Mickey some of those names too. Just go to SprottMoney.com, click the Insights tab, and you'll see a tab for Ask the Expert. And there you will find this month's conversation with Mickey Fulp. was just recorded just a couple of days ago, so it's good fresh info. So please check that out. Again, Eric, thank you for your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you again next Friday.